0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another awesome episode of The Cine Gang. Gang. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Chef Sharwin and Chef Ed Bugia. How are you guys? We have a very, very awesome episode today. Tell us all about it, Chef Shar. Well,
1: you know, I've been, uh, how how do I say this uh, without sounding creepy? So I'm an admirer from you, afar. Dude,
0: you're going to have to accept it. You're, no matter what, you're going to sound creepy. creepy okay?
2: Not creepy. No,
1: no, no. So this is, uh, you know, even though Twitter is such a cesspool, right? Like, uh, I, I really can't leave the app because I've, I've made a lot of good friends through this app. So, you know, uh, I actually met, I don't know if I've ever said this in the podcast, but I actually met Chef Ed on Twitter. Right, So that's how we became friends. And now we have this podcast. And then now I'm super excited because um, we have a very special guest, which we would have never gotten on the show without Twitter as well. So uh, she's uh, coming out with her uh, cookbook, like a a baking book, right? About Filipino uh, pastries, but her creations, her versions of Filipino desserts and pastries. And uh, it's going to be, Available also here in the Philippines, so it's going to be launched in the states, but it's going to be available in national bookstore and in Fully Booked. Nice. So, guys, mm-hmm. I am super excited to welcome Chef Abby Balingen. Hi! Thank you so much for
2: having me. This is so exciting.
0: Thank you for joining us,
2: Chef. Yes, yes. I know the time difference. Are you both in the Philippines right now? Right,
0: right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I wish we okay. were not. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no,
2: it's it's, snow, it's kind of snowing a little bit, so maybe not. <laughs> In New York, oh, Canada. not here. It's starting
1: to get really, really warm. Um, it always happens after the Chinese New Year. It just turns really, really hot for some reason. Oh,
2: okay, interesting. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so hot. I think uh, I think the best thing is, you know, I, I didn't really get to talk about um, the Dusky Kitchen. So I think that's uh-huh. where we should start first because um, that's where you made your mark, right? Um, it yeah. started yeah. as a blog, I think, mm-hmm. uh, called the yes. Dusky Kitchen. So how did you get into um, this blog and how did you get into baking?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I've always been a baker since i was like 13 um but for fun i learned how to bake uh from watching like youtube from food network my mom is um she's definitely more traditional and like she makes cassava cake um her specialties are like mahablanca and stuff so i feel like i yeah she's really good and i think i was always intimidated by that just because i knew like it's not she would like let me help her in the kitchen sometimes um but it's not necessarily like she would teach me directly. And I was nervous coming here to New York and like she's in California right now. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't, it's a, it's hard when your parents and your family are far away and you're trying to like learn everything that they made, uh, without their help most of the time, except for FaceTime Mm -hmm. and like technology, which is great, but it's really not the same (laughs) as like, can you taste this? Like it's impossible. Um, but like, know it's so hard. So, uh, in 2020, when obviously the pandemic, uh, happened, it was kind of like, uh, I I mean, like making Filipino food, I wasn't, you know, as adamant about trying to do it because it was like, I go to restaurants and I'd be like, okay, like if I'm craving something, I'll walk or go on the subway and go somewhere, um, or go like, if I see my family, I'll eat with them. But, you know, like because of the uncertainty of the times, I was like, I have to kind of learn things on my own now and like kind of be brave about it. Um, but you know, I am Filipino American. So I think a lot of my point of view is kind of skewed by, you know, learning how to make, you know, very American like kind of desserts first. And it was always like cookies and cakes and all these like, you know, very traditional things. But because I love like Filipino flavors and that's what I grew up with at home, I kind of incorporated that uh, into what I was making. Um, and so making the blog, I was just like, this is my pandemic hobby. Um, and I wasn't sure if anyone was going to read it. Um, but it's mm-hmm. nice because I was also doing, um, possible treat boxes is what I used to call them. Um, and I would donate the proceeds to mutual aid organizations. So whatever, oh, you know, nice. especially, yeah. So it was nice to like make all these like desserts, um, but also like write the recipes online. So if you're not in New York, mm-hmm. you can try them. Um, and yeah, that's how I met Sharwin, like just through Twitter and like, it's interesting to mm. see like. I guess the reach, I guess, of just being able to post online. I've, I love being on the internet in that way. But yeah, and like I kind of everything kind of just spiraled a little faster just because with the cookbook, I kind of got approached by a literary agent in November of 2020. And I started my blog and. In- August 2020? Well, that's that's fast. I I know, I don't think I was and I think it's just literally posting pictures of what you're making. And I was just like, I think I made like uh Lao God Ma, like the spicy chili crisp uh cupcakes or something. And yeah, like yeah, yeah, they're they're fun. They're not in the cookbook, but they're 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 really they're just still in the blog. Um but yeah, like they approached me and they're like, Were you thinking, are you thinking of writing a cookbook? And I really wasn't thinking about it at all. So I was like I am now that you mentioned it. I will write a good Um, and they were based in Canada. So in Toronto. So it's, a like, I guess basically I'm like very international and because of the internet, because of zoom, I met them, um, and they signed me. Um, and then I started working on the proposal and that was basically, you know, January through May of 2021, I was writing it. Um, and then I got picked up pretty much like around July, and signed a contract in December 2022. And now I'm like, so Well, December 2021, January 2022. So I feel like the years are getting ahead of me. <laughs> no it's, don't, it's fine. It I still, think, yeah,
1: I still yeah. think I still think last year was 2019. So I'm I know, still there.
2: I, <laughs> I'm really from like the passage of time. It's so it's so chaotic. Um, but no. So basically, the most of last year, I was like doing the writing the recipes like developing and like you know having a cookbook shoot and then everything is pretty much done now and now I'm like more in like the promotional side of things and like I still I'm waiting for my physical coffee to come out uh, February 28th for everybody too so I'm excited I was like more of a spiel about like from start to finish but I'm sure we could talk more about everything else.
1: you know you know that's <laughs> one of the things that um i can't really put into words but when you do write a book um mm-hmm. and uh, you're waiting for the publisher to give you your first physical copy that that mm-hmm. that strange mix of i don't even know why you're nervous but there is a little bit of nervousness in it even though you know that you know the book is written it's been approved you're just waiting for a, a Printer to physically print it, but there's still this weird feeling of nervousness do you Do you feel that as well?
2: Oh, I'm so nervous. I'm more so nervous that I remember i I snuck in a last minute edit because there was a recipe uh and I was like, Oh no, it's missing like a cup of sugar. and so I was like this is not gonna turn out right if there's no sugar in it. Um and so I like really panic emailed my um publisher. And like it got, they, they said it's there in like the nick of time, but I don't know. You know, you won't know till you get it. So I'm like, okay, I hope you were right. And you're telling me the truth. I'm pretty sure. Hopefully they are, but I'm nervous about that.
0: When you started your, uh, your blog, Chef, what would you say was the recipe that kind of exploded for you, where that brought you into the limelight? Was there a single one or, or was it just cumulative over the, over the course of time where you were posting?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's interesting what, like, certainly I post on Twitter a lot, but also Instagram, right. and sometimes, like, those two have very different, like, I guess, performances. Right, um, right. And, like, right. One, one time I made, like, Strawberry pulverone, um, and that did really well on Instagram, but I think on Twitter, a lot of stuff that did end up doing really, really well was something like you know, the La Godma cupcakes I was talking about before. I think people really, yeah. if it's like more of a different fusion of uh, different flavor combinations, I think people are more inclined or excited about something. Um, so I've made mm-hmm. also in in the cookbook, there's um, an orchata babinka. So orchata is like a, mexican wow. uh drink yeah so it's like really cinnamony um but there's also yeah. like toasted coconut on top of the babinka and like their little that tiny sounds ones that so good really- <laughs> yeah so that did pretty well and i think all those like fusion like recipes and like everything i was posting really resonated with a lot more people on you know uh, at least twitter a lot and then some somewhat on instagram too but it's it's nice to see uh positive feedback on that
0: nice nice
1: you know, uh, Richie, you, you would know something about this and Chef Ed as well. Like sometimes we post food content on all mm-hmm. our platforms, right? Mm-hmm. But the performance is really strange. Like a certain restaurant feature would do so well on mm-hmm. on Facebook and then nobody sees it on TikTok or something like that. It's, it's right. just so weird.
2: So weird.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really gauge. I mean, you can't really tell the type of audience that you're going to reach out to. You can't really figure out that darn algorithm, the best. So, it's like whatever <laughs> no. whoever gets to see it, I'm happy.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I have the
2: same philosophy.
3: Yes. Right now, sorry, I'm starstruck right now. Um Uh-oh. I'm fanboying. <laughs> Chef Abi, I I'll tell you what. The moment I saw your 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 posts, your your PR for the cookbook um online on social media Within maybe within twenty four to forty eight hours, we had Chef Sharwin saying, "Hey guys, I got Chef Abby as guest for our oh. podcast," and I was like, "Whoa! I just <laughs> saw her cookbook, man. Oh God, That's why you're you. yeah." So I'm I'm right now I'm speechless. I'm so excited to talk um, uh, about our Filipino. Um, do I say delicacies or just desserts? What's a proper term sure. for it?
2: I, I I feel both are right. Sometimes I think right? delicacy. Sometimes it's like the candies and like the... For some reason, my head. But I think they're both. They both apply. So you're not They both wrong. apply. So
3: <laughs> please, please continue. You
1: guys are having a really great discussion right no, now. Oh, thank yeah.
2: you. It's a good you know, the,
1: the, her cookbook title is uh, entitled Mayumu. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's very interesting. I think... I, I don't want to ruin it. Um, I think you should yeah. explain. To our audience, why you decided to call your cookbook that?
2: Yeah, so uh, my both my parents are from Pampanga, um, so I you know learned Kapampangan first at home. That's what they would speak to me, um, and Mayumu means sweet in Kapampangan, um, and I really wanted to kind of write a title to honor them. But also, I know that the nature of my recipes are very much like Filipino American, and very much you know like both of those influences are there. Um, but there's definitely like, you know, a, a specific recipe in there that I'm really excited about, but there, I also kind of like tried different, you know, provinces and different, I think I had a lot of inspiration from literally everywhere just because like I, I live in New York and I've lived in California. Um, right. I think that you're just constantly around like so many different types of people and interact with mm-hmm. just like everyone. So I, I am really excited about just being able to, you know, have, a. Like, I think the most interesting thing about the book so far, and it's not even out yet, is even with the title, it's like meeting other Filipinos who don't even know what mayumu means um, because Matamis is uh, sweet in Tagalog. Um, And I just really wanted to like be able to say that or to be able to, you know, like do that for me and my family so that they know something on a bookshelf and know what it is.
0: Yeah, that's really heartwarming to hear, Chef, because, you know, we have a lot of, uh, here in the Philippines, a lot of our our chefs, you know, um, are trying to, would like to go, you know, global. And uh, it's nice to see a, a Filipino uh, in the States that's very proud of her roots. And, uh, you know, trying, and always, it, from, from what I'm gathering with your, whenever I see your posts, it's like, you are, you live, like what you said, you lived in LA, you lived in New York, both are melting pots where all these different cultures are there that you're, uh, you see that, you see it as some, uh, as uh, exciting aspects that you can, f- that you can fuse with Filipino, but at the same time, you always put Filipino at the forefront. So mm-hmm. I, that's what has always uh, impressed me about when I, when I was checking out your work. So I'm really oh, excited to you see me. your, your cookbook.
2: Thank you. No, I also it's it's cool because I I'm actually well I'm technically from the Bay Area and stuff or originally from the Bay Area. Oh, nice. but nice! I will mm-hmm. visit L.A. hopefully very soon. Um, and I I mean it's 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 wild how big like California itself is as a state. Right, uh, it's
3: the same chef. I'm also from yes. the Bay Area, Manila oh. Bay Area.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we had to have oh, you know, one that joke every episode. No, so, very good. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I feel
3: a certain kinship with you, Bay Area.
2: Oh
3: yeah. my gosh, I love it! I love it. What um, I was
2: gonna say? What uh, so,
3: did you say? Like, you... Si <laughs> <she."> <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Chef was talking <laughs> about her. You know, her, you know, coming from the West Coast. You know, Uh and then exporting it to the East Coast and Mm -hmm. all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good on you, Chef. Chef, I'm sorry if I'm interjecting here. I saw a wild Twitter debate yesterday and I feel it's perfectly applicable uh, for you. You will be best suited to answer this. (laughs) If you have a Filipino dessert that's not made out of rice, like you mentioned earlier, Mahablanca, right? Mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. doesn't have rice. Do you still consider it as kakanin or no? Because kakanin is rice, right?
2: That's my definition, yes.
3: Right? It has to have rice or rice flour.
2: But I feel like I I think of kakanin like also like, uh, you know, like pichi pichi is cassava. Exactly.
3: But that's kakanin. I
2: I know. It's very confusing. I I had to kind of explain that. I was like, in my book, I have a kakanin chapter. Uh, and I was like, you know, it's it's the word. There's rice. It means rice. You know, (laughs) like, but yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you could make it out of other things. (laughs) I literally just like rice and cassava root, and also like I don't know. It was and yeah, I would also call, I guess, like babinka. Well, it is rice flour, (laughs) so it's
3: fine. Yeah, kakanin or Sharwin. You can correct me here if I'm wrong. There's another term, right? It's called malakit. Is that the encompassing term for it or no?
1: Am I... Um, so I, I cannot... Uh, I'm, I've been trying to remember like the malaki. source. Right? Um, there's, a, there's a chef who explained this to me and I'm really sorry that I can't quote them now. Um, but the essence of what uh, they said was that um, kakanin actually does not come from the word kanin. It's actually an amalgamation of the word kain. Um, And so it can encompass any kind of sticky or um, grain-based. So I'm trying to... uh, I feel really bad because it it would seem like I'm coming up with this answer. But I'm not. I'm taking it from some chef that I can't remember. But um, basically the word uh, Uh is actually... um, means something related to eating, right? So it's like... um, I think it started as kaen kaen, because uh, whenever we treat something that is not super serious or not something that is formal, we kind of repeat it, right? So um, like, for example, kare-kare was born supposedly from the karehans. Um, And so, you know, they just sort of doubled it. And then same with kakanin, it was... Uh Kaen Kain, I think. Um, but don't quote me on that. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get the research. Uh, we quoted, done. we
3: tweeted it already. We said,
1: okay, so <laughs> Chef Sharwin no, no. is joining the debate. What <laughs> <laughs> um because uh the reason why I'm pretty confident is um because the our Kakanins are not they don't exist in a vacuum uh mm-hmm. like if you go to malaysia they pretty much have the same thing and they call it something else totally mm-hmm. uh there they call it quez or cakes right so mm-hmm. nyonya quiz. so um because i i still remember going to um penang and then they were so excited so they brought um the three of us so there were two chefs and a food photographer so we were there mm-hmm. and they were like oh save room because at 3 p.m. the master uh comes to sell her and we were all like yeah okay let's let's stop eating the the noodles and wait for 3 p.m and then there's this huge line and it was impossible to get to and our guide had to fight people to get a plate of it and then she so proudly showed us and i'm like oh that's oh "Oh, we we have that in the philippines (laughs) so so apparently it's a it's a southeast asian thing Mm-hmm. So I guess, mm-hmm. um, yeah, anyway, that's pretty much for me. Uh, if if people are going to debate, I can't fight them on it because I don't have the proof. But I can tell <laughs> them that anything can be called kakanin.
2: <laughs> that's so true. I saw, I love that one dessert that's like, um, it looks like sapin sapin. But it's like the thousand layer, basically. It's like pandan and it's like like kind of just chewy layers and it's like koi lapis i think all right it might be wrong but yeah yeah it's very similar to like the the sapin. So i I love it's very cool to see like the overlap in southeast asian like desserts and everything
1: would you have a favorite um i know this is gonna be (laughs) people ask me this all the time so i'm taking revenge if Uh in your book do you have a favorite recipe
2: Oh my gosh, that's always so hard because I have—I mean, I, I love them all equally. Um, but they're I, all I your babies. All <laughs> of them are. I—they really are. But I think I'm most excited about—I um, had—I made like a chocolate chip cookie, but it's an adobo chocolate chip cookie. So I use what? Like, what? As- <laughs> I wait yeah. a minute,
3: wait a minute—is it in the cookbook?
2: <laughs> Yes, it's, it's in, in the, the cookbook? cookbook. Yes,
3: yes. Sharwin, so you you better try it for us. I'm too lazy yeah, to bake no. nowadays. <laughs> you better try it and then make make some make a batch for us. Yeah, oh my yeah. god, adobo chocolate chip. It's yes. like a mole, I guess, or something. So,
2: like, uh, you know, like a lot of people have been using miso a lot, like the Japanese soybean condiment. But I think it's like, you know, soy sauce. I use marco piña soy sauce in the recipe, and then I use a little bit of like just a tiny teaspoon or so of like apple cider vinegar just to like activate like the baking soda but then Uh, on the top of it uh i sprinkle on some pink peppercorns just to have like the pepper aspect of adobo so it's very much like inspired by adobo but like it's meant to be like a little bit uh, a little bit salty a little bit savory but still mostly sweet which i think is like the most important thing (laughs) crazy yeah
1: that is absolutely crazy
2: (laughs) (laughs) thank you no thank you i'm excited i think that's where i'm the most excited about like i guess the influences are not just from like dessert desserts i think i think about a lot of my favorite like savory dishes too from like filipino cooking uh, and incorporating them into what i've made so yeah
1: so is that how the process goes for you like um when you're when do you set out to like you really sit down and say like okay today i'm going to create a cookie recipe or mm-hmm. today i'm going to create a A cake recipe, or do you start by saying like, um, oh, I love this Filipino dish. I'm gonna turn it into a, a dessert.
2: Sometimes it's all very different. Sometimes it's I think because it's like there, I guess like so many different interpretations that you could go with. Like sometimes I'll I'll be like, Well, I really like just want to make, I don't know, like some some type like I'll I'll turn Mahablanca and just like a cupcake form or something. Just like you want the individual aspects of that, like coconut and corn um and just like incorporate that into the flavors of just like the actual structure that you're baking or just like a very traditional like uh like like i have a recipe for uh bico um in my book but i also use like uh you know um the speculos cookie butter have you had cookie mm-hmm. butter mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I, I, I put that there and, and add lipstick on top but it's like kind of just sweeter with with that So it's like fun to kind of go back and forth and like be like, well, the influences, it's either a Filipino traditional dessert with sometimes like American flavors, or it's like an American dessert with like Filipino tropical, more tropical flavors sometimes. And uh, it's really fun to kind of just like keep experimenting. And in my head, it's like, I'm kind of like not necessarily tapped out after making like 75 recipes, but it's like. (laughs) I think I I had them all in my head, kind of. But I also did a lot of research because I wanted to know, like, sometimes, like, you know, like in your family, they make this a lot or you have this at a lot of your family parties. But I was like, is it just my family that makes this or is it like everyone? Because obviously they're kampampangan, so they might have different dishes and stuff. Um, So I was excited to also have like a tibok tibok recipe, um, which is like, uh, like, I think traditionally kampampangan, but it's caribou milk custard and then like the latik on top um and there was caribou milk out here in queens which is so exciting i didn't think i would find any caribou milk in america at all <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, so it's fun to look for ing- it's a little harder to source i think and so that's why i think i adapt a lot more sometimes like american flavors sometimes just for ease of being able to get those ingredients um but there's definitely some things that are like non-negotiable with like filipino uh like sometimes like ube and like like pandan it's it's hard to mimic those flavors if, if you don't have them around you know
1: so got it um chef
3: um for for the recipes did you you know how a lot of Filipinos get their um Filipino cooking recipes not from culinary school but really from their heritage their their Lolos and Lolas was there that certain inspiration for you, that really that talisman for you within the family? Was it your mom, or was it just it just so happened to be your passion? And you know, you you did it all. You bootstrapped it all by yourself.
2: I mean, I'm not classically trained. Um, I learned just I'm self taught as a baker. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think it's it's funny because my I, I I think I talked about it kind of earlier too. But my my parents yeah. didn't necessarily like teach me like very, and I don't know what it is. I think it's sometimes like I I was young and I wasn't like thinking, <laughs> I wasn't really like taking advantage of the time we had together um, to actually sit down and be like, this is what you're, can you tell me what you're doing? Um, I just don't think it's, uh, you know, like for, for the time I, I, in my, one of my biggest regrets is not asking my Lola and Lola how to make mm-hmm. certain things. I would watch them, but it's more just like observing observing and then absorbing kind of a thing so my lola used to make um a lot of, like champorado uh and uh. she lived with us in um in stock so i lived in the but also moved to like stockton which is central uh, but we have yeah. a little manila there so there's a huge filipino population um but she moved in with us and my lolo too from my dad's side um and she would make it with nesquik because there wasn't like they didn't have to play it at the store um <laughs> and so like i it's think good enough yeah good enough right so I think from you know I realized because of the way that they always were like okay well you know substitute this if we can't find this um that kind of like you know ingenuity and stuff I think I I take a lot from them um but a lot of the things I feel like influenced by are, are from everywhere and like not just my family so it's exciting to kind of like you know like to realize that you know Filipino food is also like inherently kind of like globalized because of all the influences, even within the Philippines of just like historically, like obviously like American occupation in, in the Philippines, a lot of canned goods, um, you know, like Spanish influences, Chinese influences. So uh, I think it's it's cool to to kind of see that in retrospect and learn about it by making the food.
1: Yeah. You know this is uh it's it's kind of funny because I I I went through the same thing like uh my my grandmother cooked but she saw no need to teach me right like she would see me hanging around watching wait Filipino recipes are Chinese filchai recipes uh yeah uh Chinoy recipes yeah Chinoy my lola would 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 make them and uh, I would be watching mm-hmm. and she just felt no need to to teach me, and I, I and I I kind of get jealous when I hear these stories um, of people, you know, like oh, I I I learned from my from my grandmother, from my mom. Like at an early age, they forced me to to do kitchen. I'm like N- that never happened. <laughs> so I don't know which one uh, is more advantageous. The fact that I wanted it, so I went there. Um, Instead of being forced to to learn this, I don't know. What do you think, Abby? Like, which do you think is better? Right? Like,
2: (laughs) I, I, you know, I it would be easier (laughs) if I feel like my parents were. They also don't measure. They're like, oh, just um, (laughs) like 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 a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I just, you know, I I kind of had to fight them a little bit to like give. My dad has like a leche flan recipe that's in the book, but I was like, how many egg yolks? (laughs) how many <laughs> what are you using and you know it's very it's like ah, sometimes it's this and sometimes and i just like this is not gonna uh, and it's work. not my
3: grams <laughs> it's not my weight yeah
2: so it was really it, it was i have only a couple recipes that are like truly my parents recipes and then a little bit of tweaking but no like i you know to learn from scratch kind of yourself and to take it backwards uh it's kind of rewarding in its own way because you find out you're you're able to figure things out on your own. But obviously I think in, in the the best circumstances, I feel like I really do wish I was better about first of all, just like I think the language barrier for me, like I I wish I'd tried harder or like my parents did not force me to speak Koma back. And so I I think it was a one-way relationship sometimes with even my Lolo and Lola living with me. Uh, and our family it was just we were just it was hard because they would you know tell us things but i, I to ask back i was hesitant too because i didn't know how to ask um just language wise it was really difficult and i wish i did i really it's a big regret of mine for sure
3: uh, my my lola taught me how to stew meats with a fork inside the pot Ooh. i did not understand that even when <laughs> i got to culinary school. I was like, does, um, okay. Does it make <laughs> a <laughs> difference? <laughs> and, no, I don't think so.
0: <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> I don't think so. But I had to rely on her a lot because my first restaurant in the Philippines was a Filipino one. So mm-hmm. I had to ask her a lot of stuff, like, um, hi Lola, um, I'm 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 putting bopis on Bopis, I, I don't know if you know of the dish. Um mm-hmm. It uses pork lungs. No, beef lungs, sorry. Beef lungs mm -hmm. and a bit of liver and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it on the menu. Can I make it be be called inspired and put coconut milk? And then Mm. my Lola would say... Oh, we actually do that. Uh, okay, it's on the menu then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same with that's dinuguan. So they would put gata in their dinuguan, um, oh. coconut milk. So I was like, really? Then, yeah, it's Bicol style. I'm like, well, I'm starting to feel that Bicol style is just anything with coconut milk. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. If you that's, say so, Lola. <laughs> that's so
2: funny. But yes. the
1: fork, the fork in the pot, I never understood. So yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> that is
1: so cool. Yeah. I think I Chef that. Kenji, uh, when he was on our podcast, yeah, he sort of debunked that. that myth, right? Like, or <laughs> he did. He did. it's supposed to no, make fork. meat more tender or something, but
2: oh, like fork tender—that's where that
1: comes from. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I, I I I just saw this. Um, this was like a. I think it was like last year, right? You were featured in Bon Appetit. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, one of the things that they you showed them was uh, a version of uh how do you how do you pronounce that pocky sticks or I would, pokey yeah, sticks?
2: I would, you should say pocky. I might be wrong, but I know it's poppy.
3: Japanese. Yeah,
1: I think it's pocky.
3: Pocky,
1: yeah. Pocky. So you made a yeah. passion fruit and sesame seed pocky uh, stick. That was I don't know. I just I just saw the picture. It was just super super fun. Like. Is, is that mm-hmm. part of um, your success in the blog? Like making recipes that look so colorful and bright. Is that something that you mm-hmm. um, really want to focus on?
2: I, it's funny because I feel like it kind of just happened that way sometimes. with Especially like just the nature of just sometimes using the tropical ingredients. Or I think past, like I, I use this passion fruit chocolate um, that is like the... It, I guess it's like freeze dry. I don't know how they get the flavor into it, but I do like bump it up a little bit with like yellow food coloring. Um, but certain things I, I feel like it's um, like with the pulveron that I make too, it's like just a lot of uh, freeze dried fruits. Um And sometimes I will add like a little bit of extra food coloring just to have it, you know, a little bit more colorful. Um, but it is nice that like, um, you know, using sometimes even guava, uh, or even just like, um, I'll use rose petals on top of like lychee and stuff. So it, all those kinds of flavors all are kind of like inherently colorful. And obviously ube is probably the most obvious one too. Um, mm. but it is kind of nice to like, see that, I guess it is kind of like a part of my personality. I usually have different colored hair, but right now I'm in the middle of getting this to something else. So, um, <laughs> I, it is definitely like, I'm really glad that, um, the one thing when I was making my cookbook and the cookbook photo shoot like the stylist and my photographer they were working on a a previous cookbook before and they're like you know like it's so interesting like there was also a dessert cookbook but also completely different in a sense that like um you know a lot of american stuff is chocolate like you know Mm. very brown kind of like desserts (laughs) there's necessarily like there's still like a, a lot of brown desserts in mind too i have to say but like Overall, there's definitely like a lot, a lot more color, I guess. And just like, I, I wanted it to be super colorful, I guess, intentionally. Um, and even on the blog, I guess that just kind of carried over to the book. So I'm really excited about the aspect of it.
1: See, that's what I'm, I've been wondering about. Like, how do you make chocolate, you know, look nice? Because it's all brown, right? Yeah. And I really, <laughs> I really don't like it when restaurants use that, use that paintbrush smear. And then it's chocolate. I'm like, that doesn't. I don't know why people still do it, but it just looks like you know a really yeah. ugly like a skid streak. mark of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to be. I was, try, I was trying to be so nice awkward. about it, but yeah.
0: Right. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> I
2: know. I know. That's kind of why. Also, in the adobo chocolate chip cookie, I prefer to use pink peppercorns because they're also one flavor-wise more mild and spiciness. Like it's a very floral kind of. A spicy mm. um, but also pink just adds a really nice color to offset the chocolate in the chick in the cookie so i i definitely do think about it maybe subconsciously but also consciously sometimes it depends on the recipe
3: i am excited to grab a copy of your <laughs> cookbook chef thank you charwin what's the inside info which publisher
1: is carrying it is it footy book uh, which of the big stores here I think both I think Fully Booked both? and National will carry it. So, and I think you can pre-order. So, um I'm not particularly expert on like pre-ordering stuff here, but I think you can. <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah. So, tito
2: na kasi. Tito.
1: Tito. tito. Yeah. I mean, exactly. very, very Do you have any tito. inside
3: info on who's going to be distributing your book here in the Philippines?
2: No, no. I think from what I know, I know it's fully booked at National Bookstore for now. I don't know if anyone else is carrying it. Um, but I, it was exciting to hear that because my parents, even when they were in school, they were getting their books from National Bookstore. So I... I'm yeah. really excited for them. And I, it was hard because I, I have so much family still in the Philippines, a extended family. And, you know, I thought about that when I was first releasing this. I was like, I have not as much control as I'd like of where books will go. Um, it's obviously my publishers, you know, I, I don't make the books. I, I mean, I made the book, but I don't print the books, I guess, is the problem. Um, but no, it's really nice that there is a demand. Um, and people from Twitter reached out um, and said that they wanted the book in stores. And I, it's a lot of that is a lot of people asking bookstores to to have my book available for pre-order, which is, you know, the most, I think special thing of just word of mouth um, is really so important when you're writing a book or just anything like uh, of any, and especially all of you are all in food. So I think that it makes sense that, you know, you know, that uh, everything that, you know, people will come back or to try your food is if they, you know, heard of you before they talked to you about from friends. So uh, I'm really grateful for that. Any plans of
0: coming here, chef or promoting your book?
2: i real, i mean i want to it's very Bulk hard because i
3: book door <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: I know, like, yeah um, no it's so i went back uh january 2020 for my cousin's wedding um and you know the before the pandemic but it's so hard because i'm always like i want to go back and i am like i just wish i had unlimited vacation to go back and to stay there for a long time um it's just so hard with the time difference that it's not as much uh and ease to like work remotely. I never even try to work remotely when I'm in the Philippines. I just like take time off from work. Um right. but I do want to. Like I there's always like a part of me that wants to go back. Um it's just funny because I always feel like I'd feel bad though if I didn't stay in Pampanga and my my family was like, what are you doing in El Nido or something? Or like what are you doing? Like <laughs> <laughs> And I went used to like when I was there last I remember I wanted to go to like SM or something in Manila and i just wanted to go to the mall and go to like study studio or something for the, like i like for like glasses or whatever um but if the traffic is really difficult like i didn't realize how hard it was to drive around yep. yeah yeah <laughs> so i literally i felt so bad that like i wanted to go there's so, like it to drive between like Pampanga and uh and the manila is really difficult i had no idea so maybe next time i'll just have to like stay put in manila then go to pampanga then go travel like island hopping kind of instead of going back and forth like that it's too hard
1: <laughs> we could we could do a food tour in pampanga right like uh, oh, yeah. maybe even drop by uh porak right i think China is in porak right like she oh. makes like uh, macadamia an sans rival and
3: oh my god it's um, so
1: good like a 1930s recipe of Ensaimada. So I think really that's something... Is. A... Porak
3: is too far from her.
1: I, I, I oh, passed yeah. by Porak last week when
3: I went to Zambales. So oh. it, it's, it's not that near, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Oh. Um, yeah, but you know, doing a meet and greet here in the Philippines oh. with your fans. We're going to make sure that your books uh, sells out here. Like Thank really, you. seriously, get sold out. We're going to... Oh. We're going to try our best, you know, with our <laughs> with our billions of listeners here. No, on
2: our no, thank you. No, I really appreciate it. I mean, if you're ever here in New York, you know, please let me know and we can eat here. There's definitely Filipino food in New York, which is really exciting. But um, obviously not. Yeah. In, I feel like there's so many more places in the Philippines, obviously. But it's nice to see there's a like, community here as well. So please come. Oh, definitely. Please visit me. Yes,
3: for sure. Yeah um chef that was a very fun conversation we we're looking forward to really getting a physical copy of your book we're going to make sure once it launches here in the philippines we're going to go and get them chef you want to say some last words and promote your social media handles for everyone if you have a youtube channel do you do videos or tiktok please go Mm -hmm. ahead just just go for it
2: Ah, oh, thank you no I so I am the dusky at the dusky kitchen um on Instagram Twitter TikTok I don't post as many videos as I'd like to but I will I want to um but my book is coming out on February 28th uh this month um and it's called Mayumu Filipino American Desserts Remixed um and I'm very excited about it thank you so much for having me on and thank you for the space to talk to you all I think it's very insightful to know like I guess like I mean, it's just so cool to talk to y'all because I don't think, again, this would be impossible without the internet and Twitter and Charwin. Thank you so much for reaching out to me personally. Um, but yeah, I ex- hopefully we can meet in person one day because that's my ultimate goal is it's so nice to connect with people through making desserts online. But I think the most rewarding is when you see people trying your desserts. And I guess the way that the book works is it's cool to see hopefully you will make the recipes and it feels like I'm there. Or maybe I'll make them for you one day. Hopefully. That's the most ideal. Yes.
1: <laughs> Perfect. But well, I know you. I'm not going to make any desserts when you're here. That's for sure. Because <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself. No,
2: no. I've seen your stuff and it looks delicious. So please, please make me desserts. Like I don't think I I, I need to know more. So thank you so much for, for all of your time. Thank you.
3: Well, thank you. Right. Yeah, this is one so, of the
0: the very few times that... Sharwin's stalking skills has uh, produced something very fruitful. So
2: congratulations.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Keep up the good work.
2: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: continue to be creepy on the internet. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) All right. Okay. So folks, that was another um, informative and fun episode of the Cine Gang. We would once again want to thank our special guest, uh, for today's episode, Chef Abby, Chef Abby, um, based in New York, originally from the Bay, the real Bay, not Manila Bay like me, <laughs> not that Bay. <laughs> um, thank you and congratulations on the launch. Um, this is Chef Edward Buguía saying goodbye in behalf of my... Very handsome co-hosts Chef Sharwinti and Richie Zamora, the pickiest eater in the world. Thank you everyone. Bye. Peace. Bye.